What's up, everyone? I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Welcome to season four of Fresh Invest, the podcast where we explore all things investing, sponsored by Fidelity Investments and powered by Morning Brew. In this season, we are exploring strategies and tips to help you invest wisely wherever you are in life. With help from our friends at Fidelity, we'll dive into the investing life cycle in the context of today's market landscape, emerging trends, and long-term wealth-building strategies. Let's get into it. In our last episode, we dug into the ways that AI is impacting businesses and the economy and what this means for investors. But AI is a pretty big topic, and there's lots to cover. So welcome to part two of the conversation, where we're diving deeper into AI's relationship with investing, how it's transforming the global investing experience, and how AI-based tools can be leveraged in the financial services space. To answer all of these questions and understand the potential changes that investors and the financial space as a whole can explore with AI in their toolkit, we're joined by Sarah Hoffman, VP of AI and Machine Learning Research at Fidelity. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, before we dive into what's going to be an awesome conversation about AI, mind just introducing yourself and what you do at Fidelity? Sure. I lead AI research for Fidelity Center for Applied Technology, um, our innovation department. So I really focus on what's coming over the next couple of years and how can we prepare. And can you give us an overview of the kind of AI and ML or machine learning research that you lead at Fidelity and specifically what excites you most about the research that you're doing right now? So definitely for the last couple of years, I've been focusing a lot on generative AI and how that can impact um, the world and financial services as well. And so can you just talk about, you know, what generative AI is and what are the primary advantages to this technology? Sure. So generative AI is really, I mean, AI makes predictions and generative AI is creating something. So this is very different than what we've seen before um, because it'll create text, it'll create code, it'll create images. Um, what excites me about this technology is, I mean, really three things. Firstly, efficiency is always why I was excited about AI for many, many years. And this um, takes efficiency and really um, adds a lot more to it. So if you think about, okay, I could get a draft written now. Um, so that's definitely making things more efficient for me. But the other area that AI never really did well before, and also um, I would say we never thought AI could do well at all, is creativity. So I can ask it to write that draft and make it very creative. Um, I can brainstorm with it about a topic I'm thinking about. Or my sister's draft for her wedding speech for me. Exactly. Um, and so this is something we never would have expected right. AI to be able to do. And then um, the last area that also like, really excites me is um, education. Right now, like when I'm in a meeting and somebody mentions something and I'm not familiar with it, I you know, might ask one time, can you explain that to me? But if I still didn't understand it, I probably won't ask a second time. But I do go to um, generative AI and ask again and again until I understand. I can ask, can you explain it to me as though I'm a college student? Can you explain it to me as though I'm a fourth grader? And I can ask again and again until I get the answer that makes sense to me. And you can't do that with a human. Most of us are afraid of totally. being judged and you don't have that with yeah, AI. Yeah, it's like after the first or second question you ask to someone, you have that fear that you're going to come off as stupid, like you're wondering, is this person going to be wondering why is this person asking so many questions? But to your point with AI, it's like, 
you know, a lot of well-known investors or entrepreneurs are known for being great first principles thinkers. And a great way to get to first principles is by asking lots of questions. And you have the ability to do this with something like ChatGPT or different AI-based tools now, which is awesome. Can you talk about specifically this intersection between AI and investing and kind of how we're seeing in practice actual investing tools that investors are using that are made better or supported through AI technology? Sure. I mean, AI has been used in financial services for, you know, so many a number of years now. Mm -hmm. And people are using it, robo-advisors, chatbots, and a lot of um, behind the scenes also helping make things more efficient operations. We don't all want to read tons of financial documents. So a lot of these documents are being tagged using AI to figure out, oh, this is what it's talking about, so that I could only look for the documents that I want to read or the sections within a document that I want to read. If you're looking for companies to invest in that fit a certain theme, that's another good place for AI. Love it. And so just to make sure I understand, it sounds like AI, as much as it is very much in the zeitgeist right now, probably in a lot of ways as a function of kind of what ChatGPT and GPT-3 did for kind of making it accessible for everyone to interact with large language models and with AI. It sounds like from your vantage point within financial services, AI has been a part of leveraging these tools for a long time. And you even referred to robo-advisors. And when I think of that, I think of any of these tools that are kind of investing your money for you based on, you know, your goals and your risk tolerance. Those are all leveraging AI in different ways. Yes. So all of those tools are leveraging AI. The difference here is, I guess, twofold. The main difference is we've democratized AI. You used to need to have really data scientists with like a really, really strong AI background who are creating all of this. And to some degree, you definitely still need them. Um, But now, you know, any of us without it, even without any AI or technology background could um, go and actually create something that uses AI. So that's, I guess, the primary difference. The other thing I would highlight also is the natural language abilities. You can talk in your own way, and it will talk back to you in the way that you ask it. And that also just didn't exist well before. Meaning before you had to speak in code, so you had to have technical knowledge to be able to interface with AI? Yes. And even if um, there was a front end available to you, you couldn't say, okay, but now explain that to me as though I'm a fourth grader. You'd have to use, you know, very specific um, language for it to even answer you in its very specific language. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about generative AI, because you're saying how, you know, this is something that you're really excited about. And, you know, I'm excited about it also. I have spent more hours than I care to admit on a tool like Midjourney, thinking that I'm like the world's greatest artist from creating art based on prompts given to a generative AI tool. But let's talk about it in the context of financial services and specifically financial advisors. How do you see generative AI aiding or improving the work that financial advisors are doing for their clients? So the way I see it, you have like the financial advisor side and the client side. Financial advisors can definitely benefit from a good generative AI tool because there's just so much information. If they can have a tool that could give them that insight that they need right then and make it easier to find what they're looking for, I mean, that just makes them, we talked about efficiency, that makes them a lot more efficient and they can help their clients even better. And then from the client side also, if um, we talked about education, having um, a tool that could really explain to you more so that when you're going to meet with your advisor, you have much more knowledge, you can have a much better conversation. 
And I'll give an example with yeah, like awesome. the healthcare um, space. Um, so my mother had an MRI recently, and I instead of going to Google and trying to Google each word, um, I um, just went to ChatGPT, asked it to explain everything, asked um, is this I could follow up, is this common for someone in this age range, someone with this health situation? And then when I met with a doctor, I didn't have a perfect understanding of everything, but I was able to have a much more intelligent conversation. Totally. And yeah, I think going back to the example of financial advisors, I think from a client's perspective, you know, I think about like my FAs, uh, I, you know, I trust them and I love the work they do, but it can be overwhelming. Like there's so much information that we cover in a given call when we meet for a quarter and to have something that can either help them or help me distill this information in a way where I don't feel like at the end of the call, I have enough questions that I could just have another call of equal length asking those questions. I think that would be incredibly valuable. Let's look further into the future. From an investor's perspective, what can investors hope to achieve with the help of AI-based tools and like paint a picture of what that future state looks like? Sure. So the way I see it, you have the, in, the investor. I mean, we're going to all be used to seeking information using these types of tools. And so the um, investors, the um, advisors, everybody are going to be using these types of tools. Mm -hmm. And definitely one thing I should add that's very unique about this type of technology is that it's not reliable. If you ask the same question twice, you get two different answers. That's something very, very new. And figuring out, you know, how to work in that type of environment where things aren't the same all the time is it could be good if you're brainstorming and trying to get some novel um, thoughts and um, ideas, but it could also be challenging. And so being able to work within that future is going to be important for the advisors at, to explain to their clients on how best to do that. One of the advantages I also see if we look forward to this future is for the advisor to be able to see the types of you know generative AI queries the um, clients have been using, right. and then they can just proactively figure out how best to help that that customer because they have access to all of this. You know, how often are they asking questions? What kinds of questions are they asking? Yeah, it's almost like a personal search engine that they're on the other side of to better inform the topics that they're covering with a client based on what clients are most frequently looking for. Exactly. Super interesting. And even how they asked it, if they're like, oh, can you explain this to me simply? Or can you, you know, or they don't need that simple explanation that can tell you going in, you know, how much are you going to need to explain? Totally. That's super interesting. I want to talk about ethics for a second, because I feel like anytime there's a tidal wave type technology like AI, ethics is obviously a, a huge necessary conversation that is brought up. And, you know, there's so many questions around ethics and AI from, how should we think about the ethics of people now being able to use generative AI, like Alex Lieberman, who's most definitely not an artist creating art that looks, you know, as high quality as like a truly talented artist or biases that exist in these large language models that we're training. What are your thoughts on AI ethics? And, you know, for listeners, how should they be thinking about it? Sure. There's definitely so many, you know, open questions around this topic. Anytime you use any kind of AI, Generally, you have the issue of bias because of the data that it's it's using yeah. um, behind the scenes. Um, and then there's also the fact that generative AI is, um, you have this challenge where not only could the results be biased, they could also be calling it hallucinate. They totally could make up facts that just don't even exist. And so this makes it even more challenging. And so for today, I think the challenge is figuring out how best to... Um, you put the human in the loop. Where do you need the human? In some cases, you don't. If it's a brainstorming tool, maybe it's sometimes 
the unreliability. I always say it's not a bug, it's a feature. If you're brainstorming and somebody throws out an idea that's kind of wacky, that can help you think about an actually totally. a better idea. But if you're um, like looking for actual financial literacy information or like what stock should I invest in and make something up, that's more problematic. And so really making sure that there is the human in the loop when it's necessary is I think the biggest um, challenge and also, but the biggest way forward in really mitigating some of these issues. Yeah, it sounds like basically kind of like there's different levels of risk related to the information that AI is creating. And based on those levels of risk, the, the ones that are higher risk, you need to be really thoughtful about where a human is involved in the loop of that process. So you make sure either completely wrong or partially wrong information isn't being put in the hands of someone that leads to a decision that could be a high-risk decision within their life. Exactly. I always say, imagine if everything on social, all your recommendations on social media showed up at your door. I know for most of us today, we would not want that um, 100%. because AI makes mistakes and it's not perfect. But you know, if it's just there on a screen and you can choose it or not, that's fine. Right. Super interesting. Now, I think like any really exciting technology, it is rapidly changing. And so it can almost be discombobulating for people because just as they're trying to understand what's going on now, the technology or its applications have changed. And then you basically need to relearn what's happening and how this impacts the way that you interact with it. Within the context of investing, how should investors be thinking about the rapid evolution of AI and how their behaviors as investors and the capabilities of the tools that they are using are going to change such that they don't feel this feeling of whiplash where they're being left behind because the technology is changing so quickly. I think there are just so many ways to think about how to use it in a way that can help you. Like we talked a lot about brainstorming as a tool. Like that's just so useful, yep. um, whether it's financial services or otherwise. One of the things I'm hoping to see with this technology is a change in our interfaces. Right now, and not only financial services, but um, really many websites that you go to or financial services tools that you use, it's so challenging to find the information you want. For websites, we've somehow decided that having lots and lots of tabs is the <laughs> best interface we could imagine. And I just don't see that. But one of the things that I like about generative AI is it reminds me of when Google became the popular search engine. Yep. And it was one of the primary reasons that I think that people liked it is because it was so simple. Just going to give you one text box Perfect. and that's it. And that's what generative AI is doing. It's one text box. Yep. And I could see that being the future interface where instead of having to figure out where do I go to see what I'm looking for, how my fund is doing compared to XYZ, it's just here's a text box. I'm going to ask what I'm looking for. I don't need to know how to navigate this. I can just get the information I want. Totally. Last question for you. I want to talk about investors of different levels of sophistication. So first, for new investors who are trying to think about, they're just trying to have a strong foundation for thinking about investing moving forward because they're kind of new to this world. And they're thinking about what AI can do for them. What are questions that they can ask their financial advisors such that they get answers that are helpful to them in navigating the investing landscape moving forward? 
So I think for, for new investors, and I guess the first thing I would say for new investors and experienced investors, I'll just start yeah, off yeah. with, there are certain limitations to this technology that I think not everyone's aware of. And it's really making sure, and the advisor's helping make sure that people understand the limitations. Like I was talking to someone who mentioned that they knew somebody who was using this technology alone to make decisions about what to invest in, not realizing that this technology is not real time. It's very expensive to update a generative AI um, model. So it might not know anything about the last couple of years. And so obviously we all know so much has happened in finance in the last couple of years. It doesn't actually make sense to make a decision without having that knowledge. But sometimes I think the investors just don't know how this technology works and that it doesn't have that information. So firstly, for all types of investors, it's making sure advisors should make sure that they understand the limitations. Not only could it make something up, it doesn't actually have real time information. Yeah. yeah. That aside, I would say for new investors, really one of the nice use cases to think about for this technology is how to expand your understanding of financial services. It's really, really um, a good education tool, like before you meet with that advisor and even after, just to really make sure you have um, a good understanding going in. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like I was telling you before the podcast, you know, I used to spend all of my time when I was trying to research something, I, I had two options. It was Googling something or it was asking a friend who I consider to be an expert in the space, which I think is always a, a good option. But a lot of the research I do now is just interfacing with GPT-4 and continuing to ask questions. And like you said, you can just keep asking questions until you understand it at the most granular level and not feel embarrassed about how many times you've asked the question. Yeah, and what I like, love about this is we've talked about personalization for, you know, in AI, we're using AI for yep. so many years, but this really takes personalization to that individual level because we, we all have our own different knowledge going into something. We all have our different ways of learning that work best for us. And now we can actually use this technology in our own individual way. Totally. And for more advanced investors who are trying to think about how AI can innovate on or support kind of the strategies that they have in place related to how they put their money to work within their portfolio, what would you say to them? Sure. So we mentioned the limitations already, yeah. which I always like to start with. But knowing those limitations, I think it's a it could be a really, really beneficial brainstorming tool. If you do have your strategies, ask it. Is there something I'm missing? Is there something else I should consider? You don't necessarily have to take its advice, but getting um, just another you know partner to discuss things with, and maybe there's something you didn't think of that you should incorporate to some degree. Um, so really using it as a brainstorming tool to think about other types of strategies, ways to um, enhance your strategy is, um, I think, a very beneficial um, use case for this. Amazing. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining the podcast and appreciate all of your thoughts and wisdom around the impact that AI is going to have on investing over uh, many years to come. Thank you so much for having me here. This was great. Thank you for tuning in to Fresh Invest today. I hope you feel like you've gained a stronger understanding of the rising dynamic of AI and investing, the specific tools investors can tap into, and evolved capabilities that can be in your grasp. AI is a topic that a lot of people feel unsure about, and that's understandable. But the knowledge that we gain today can help us as investors feel more confident about AI's potential within investing. 
Make sure to join us again next week for our penultimate episode, Life Stages of Investing, where we'll touch on significant stages of life, including post-grad, blending finances with a partner, and preparing for retirement, and how each stage can correlate to its own unique investing style. This episode's got something for everyone, so don't miss out, and I'll see you there. This podcast was created on behalf of Fidelity Investments by the Morning Brew Creative Studio and does not reflect the opinions or point of view of the Morning Brew editorial team. Fidelity and Morning Brew are independent entities. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only, and it is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The views and opinions expressed by the speaker are his or her own as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. Fidelity disclaims any responsibility to update such views. These views should not be relied on as investment advice and because investment decisions are based on numerous factors, may not be relied on as an indication of trading intent on behalf of any Fidelity product. Neither Fidelity nor the Fidelity speaker can be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered. Please consult your tax or financial advisor for additional information concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only, and it is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal, non-commercial use and may contain copyrighted works of FMR LLC, which are protected by law. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without permission of FMR LLC. Fidelity and the Fidelity Investments and Pyramid Design logos are registered service marks of FMR LLC, copyright 2023 FMR LLC. All rights reserved. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. 110825.9.1.0. Thanks for tuning in to Fresh Invest, sponsored by Fidelity Investments and powered by Morning Brew. Check out fidelity.com slash freshinvest to open a Fidelity account and learn more about the topics we covered in this week's episode. I'll see you next time. Thank you.